Hey, football fans, this is Diana Rossini from The Athletic. Get the top stories in pro football snapped directly to your inbox with our latest NFL newsletter, Scoop City. Jacob Robinson and I will bring you the daily scoop of top NFL articles, posts, and podcasts every Monday to Friday. Sign up for free now at theathletic.com backslash scoop. Just all around uh, good um a good fight. We we got to do better in the penalty area, uh, turnover area. We've got to make sure we we, we fix this. Um, but we'll we'll get back on that. The important thing is uh, that we won the game, and they're they're tough to get in this league. So we're going to enjoy this one, and uh, on the way home, and and then we'll get ready for a good Seattle team coming in on Christmas Eve. So time's yours. There was ever a show, and we really did need adult journalist Nathaniel Taylor. This might have been the one. Not necessarily because of how Chiefs-Texans played out, although it was, yes, incredibly weird. Um, not even because the Chiefs' previous punter and current punter seem to have Twitter beef. No, just because... Well, just because you look at the internet sometimes, and sometimes there's a whirlwind that accidentally delays the beginning of the recording of your podcast by... Oh, let me check my, my uh, clock here, Seth. One full hour, one hour, Anno Domini, we have spent just trying to get our bearings. And again, not just because it was a weird game and it's been a weird week, a crazy week of football, but because Chiefs Twitter makes itself known at times in a way that is, well, I don't think it's editorializing to say special. So thanks to everyone who decided to make Times R's a portion of their day today. Joshua Briscoe, Seth Kaiser with you here. Uh, Seth, I'm just looking forward to some good old X's and O's, talking about the Texans, our level of concern around Chiefs things, on the field, I mean, um, and you, the consummate professional that you are, I imagine will have no problem with any of that. I have absolutely nothing to say about anything that is not related to the football game that was played on Sunday. I'm so afraid of what I might say that if you even try to get me to talk about next Sunday's football game, I'm like, nope, nope, no, uh-uh. no. Nope. I mean, next Saturday's. I'd be oh, like, yeah. nope, nope, it's going to take me out of a range. And so it's been a, how about this? It's been a weird day, Josh. <laughs> <laughs> it's been a weird, weird day because sometimes you just get on the internet and stuff is weird. Sometimes after games, you've got like, like you find out, it's just been a weird week in general. Like, after yes. the Chiefs-Texans game ended, and I realized that Mahomes had statistically like this unbelievable game, and I'm like, really? Yeah, when did that happen? <laughs> yeah, I, like, and then I like, and then someone, you know, someone tweeted out uh, that that like they had like 500 yards to the Texans 200, yeah, like 230. Had, watching the game, I would have sworn the Texans had like 400 yards. Yes, absolutely. Well, now they had 100 in penalty yards, but yeah, fair enough. Ooh. And that that's another thing. Like that's another thing. That, there's another thing I don't know if we're allowed to talk about because <laughs> we could definitely talk about Carl Sheffers. Yeah, I'm not Ooh. sure. I'm not sure he needs to be, you know, escorted into custody, but I think that he should probably not do any more Chiefs games. Ideally, I'm not a huge fan of you the mean, fella. You mean Carl Revenge Game Sheffers? <laughs> that was my that might have been my favorite of all of the Carl Sheffers tweets was just you just with Revenge Game because it was perfect. It felt like there was something there was something on the line. Um, it just just truly special. It's really just been, it's been a truly special time around these parts. 
It has. And it all started with one of the least fun football watching experiences I've had yeah. as a Chiefs fan or analyst over the since the Mahomes era started. Like, it, that was not a fun game to watch, yeah. even though there were fun moments. And it really is interesting. We talked about this, I think, earlier this year after a kind of not fun Chiefs win, where it was like, you know, the Chiefs still produce moments that are fun in every game. But like Chris Jones, who's usually good for five or six snaps that are really fun to watch, he clearly was not at 100%. Um, he So he only produced a couple. And what do you know? The pass rush didn't look as good most of the game. But whatever, you know, what? I, I, I'm not I'm not doing that two weeks in a row. You got me to rant while I was getting so much dopamine and vitamin D on vacation. <laughs> that, that, that seriously is one of the most impressive things, which, by the way, it's good to be back. Thank you, everyone, for your for carrying on with Josh and Nate in my absence. I had a terrific time on vacation. I just it's it was awesome. Definitely didn't touch a manatee because you're not allowed to do that. Definitely. But. It was a great vacation. Thank you for letting me take it, Josh. I really appreciate you, man. I don't decide when you go on vacations. I think it's really important that everyone knows that. (laughs) I kind of would really like to start a new bit in which, like, I act like I report to you. Yeah, I don't. I I feel like that would really mess with people. Like, oh, huh. You know, because the idea that either one of us would ever take a job in which we had to report to the other one is like, (laughs) (laughs) like, I don't know about that. I don't think I can work for that guy. Um, But it was it was not a fun game. But it was a weird game. And like one wasn't there. Nate did the numbers. There was one drive where there were eight plays and seven penalties. That 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 helped make it less fun. Like, and I'm not saying all of them were bad calls. Nope, 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 I am. All yeah. of them. <laughs> it was just, it was it was a rough game. The Texans, to their credit, without like any of their good players, um, and they didn't have that many good players in the first place. They took the Chiefs to overtime. Did you ever, I'm curious about this. Did you ever feel like the Chiefs were going to actually lose? No. No, no, okay. no. But, but, I, but I did feel like it was, it was going to be annoying. <laughs> Like that, that was sort of the, and, and look, here's the, here's the crazy thing, Seth. Um, I can't even remember who the running back was at the end who had the ball punched out. If he just, instead of having the ball punched out by Frank Clark breaks a tackle and houses it somehow it's over. Like yeah. if he just runs it in a field goal range, it's, it's over. Like the chiefs punted the ball in overtime. And I still never really felt like they were going to lose the game or even were at I don't know, substantial risk of it, but it was never fun. And and that I think is is based off my already hours of talking about this game. I, I, that seems to be to me to to be where people are landing, um, which is also reflected in the the piece you already wrote on the newsletter and all of that. It's just, man, it was strange. And also, I know that the Times Ours curse lives on. I at this point, I feel like we have to just like get an exorcism and at least declare that we have no power over the Chiefs because there are times we don't dismiss teams and then it's close, and then we do dismiss teams and it's close. And I, I, maybe that's just a Chiefs problem. Maybe that's a lot of times ours problem. Maybe maybe we've been vindicated by the Texans specifically. I, well, and I wasn't there when you and Nate talked about the game. We all, hey, Seth, you actually were. Or you weren't and no one was. Because we did not talk about the game very much. <laughs> I just, it, it was it was one of those games where I don't really think the Chiefs 
they they don't blow teams out all the time. Sometimes they do. And that's one of the things like people say, oh, the Chiefs never blow anyone out. If you actually look back on scores, it's like, yeah, they do. Like, especially when you take into account garbage time touchdowns. Because like the Bucks game earlier this year, that game was never close. Like after halftime, that game was over. But I... I don't know. It was a very unsatisfying game. I wonder if I would have felt the same way about it had they not managed to nearly like blow up a 27 point lead a week earlier. I wonder if people would have been as annoyed if it weren't two games like that in a row. I think that's right. I, I did a I did a bit on uh, on the radio show today where I pretended to be going off my Broncos notes, and I didn't realize it until I said the phrase. At least the Chiefs won it in regulation, because a lot there are a lot of things that are relatively similar. Of like, yeah, the Chiefs, you know, it wasn't their best performance. It the defense didn't they were put in some bad positions, but they didn't really ever stop the bleeding, and that was kind of frustrating because it could have been better, but it wasn't all on them because the offense had turnover problems. And two quarterbacks were involved in the game. Both of them made some pretty good plays against this defense at times. That's kind of frustrating, but at least the Chiefs got it done in regulation. That last sentence, that last clause is the first time it's not about both games. Like it it feels, I was going to say, it kind of feels like they've played eight quarters of that football, but they've really played like eight and a half. Yeah, that sounds about right. I mean, it's just been eight and a half quarters of like uninspiring. That's not necessarily true, I guess, because they started the Broncos game great. So let me amend it one more time. It's been... Six and a half quarters of like deeply uninspiring football against opponents no one thinks anything of. Yeah. And and the 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 funny thing is, like, against the Texans, Mahomes was really good. Like, really good. And I've kind of operated under the idea over the last few years that in a game Mahomes is really good. The Chiefs win. And maybe that's why I never felt like they were going to lose because he was so clearly on all day. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, like Justin Watson dropped a pass that he really should have caught. Yep. MVS had a drop that he should have caught. I mean, like, Trent Green also thought that pass to MVS was probably Mahomes, like not reading it quite right or not getting enough under it. I'm willing to, I, I mentioned one moment when you could potentially blame Patrick Mahomes as if it is contractually required. That's all. Dare, no, I'm just kidding. I actually agree with that. But I mean, MVS was it looked like he was going where he should have been going. Basically, yeah. that's the short version, I think. Still catchable. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. But also, you know, he made it harder on his guy. The whole thing. Like, Why do I feel an obligation to point out when Patrick Mahomes like has a hangnail? Because you it, he's so great. Yeah, honestly, this is my this is my theory. He is so great that people feel like they are being biased. Yeah. Talking about him the way he actually is. Yeah, I got a lot of that in the like his first year as a starter early on, like the first quarter of the season or whatever, because I felt like maybe I had the vision and we were all seeing it. And there were people that were that were very much like, oh, you're over. I blah, 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 fan blah, 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 blah. And yep. uh, and maybe that maybe that's still some. Yeah, I'll save that one for therapy. Don't worry about it. <laughs> I like the idea of us having like a whole bin of things that we start to talk about on this show. Yes. Like, ah, we're saving that one for therapy or that growing up this year. That bit might actually be, that might be our next bit. I'm going to write that down because I think that not, because not just like a bit for ha-has, but like a bit for self-preservation for our own mental health and well-being. I think that's a good, I think that's a good one. I'm going to, I'm going to save that. Yeah. No, that one's for therapy. Um, Did you... Here's a question. Did you learn anything about the Chiefs during this game? Because it's like the third game in a row where I did not learn a blasted thing about the Chiefs. Yeah, so 
Well, did you, you want to answer your own question first, and then I'll no. tell you what I'm at? That, sorry, that sounded way snippier than I meant for it to, because I do that all the time. You do enough solo radio, you learn to ask yourself a question so you can answer it. It's an art I was, form. I was just going to add a little to my question, um, that, that being, I'm trying to think of things to write about from this game, and I'm working on a piece right now that I think is somewhat interesting. But overall, I did not learn a thing about the Chiefs that I didn't already know. So I, I think my first inclination is that you're absolutely correct. Here, if I had to say something I could have learned from this game, could we learn that they just do this? Like that this, that this was just who they are, or at least it's just who they can be. Even that I'm not sure is new, right? Like the Chiefs have kind of, that was a whole thing last year, two years ago even. I mean, it's been a thing maybe since Mahomes got to town of like, why aren't they beating bad teams by more? And they be, they're beating good teams and they're winning games, but they're not having very impressive victories over lower ranked teams. So that might not even still be anything new. I, I think that the idea of having to confront that maybe they have all of these like real issues where it just feels like they can't, they can't get their foot fully on the gas against crummy football teams I think there's a sense of impending dread with that. But again, I don't know that that's new information. I, I have a theory as to why fans are experiencing these last six quarters of football the way that they are, which is going to tie into your story. But I, I don't know if there's new information there. Patrick Mahomes is great. The defense is just kind of what it is at this point. And it, it feels like it's a team with three superstars and a bunch of guys. Is that unfair? Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, when you say a bunch of guys, people might immediately, like, take insult. But you're not, like, unless I'm hearing I'm not wrong. saying a bunch of high school players. I'm saying yeah, a bunch yeah, of NFL bunch of caliber, starting caliber guys. Yeah. Which, in theory, that's enough to do some real damage. Like, one of the things I, I was writing about um, in terms of, like, things that people are worried about is the first thing I wrote about. Which, by the way, we haven't even addressed. Seven years in a row. Division champs. Yeah. That's crazy. Unreal. Tied for the second longest streak in football behind the juggernaut Patriots. <laughs> that that That's insane. And this is the year. This was the year, right? This oh, was yeah. the year for all these teams. They all thought so. Oh my gosh. Tyreek Hill's out. They're completely revamping the defense. And it is kind of funny. Like when you think about how we're reacting now to the Chiefs, Versus had you asked, and we always do this, and people maybe people view it as an excuse, but if you could start the beginning of the season where the Chiefs, they'd lost Tyreek Hill, people liked what they did in the draft, but they completely revamped the defense. There are a lot of questions at corner and on the defensive line about what the offense is going to look like, blah, 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 et cetera, et cetera. Had you said, all right, the it's November, or it's December 19th, the Chiefs are 11 and three, tied with a tiebreaker, albeit, for first place, without the tiebreaker, I guess is better way to say mm-hmm. it, for first place in the AFC with an easier remaining schedule than the team that's in first place. If you could push the fast forward button and take it, would you do it? Yeah. Most Chiefs fans would have taken it, right? Yeah. And, and that's not revision. I mean, to go back and like, think of where, where the odds were, that, that would have been a good situation where the expectations were preseason, at least nationally. Yeah. I mean, because I, the, the the Chargers were getting some decent money on winning the division. The the Broncos, this was going to be the... <laughs> That's funny every time I think about it. <laughs> the, 
The Broncos, <laughs> it really is. Do you remember the hoopla? Yeah. I mean, there was so much of it. And it's gone the direction it's gone. The Raiders, although granted, the Raiders just won the most insane thing I've ever seen. Unbelievable, man. Unbelievable. I just can't believe that it happened for the Raiders and not to the Raiders. Against the, if you would have given me, if you would have given me three guesses at which side would be on the wrong side of Raiders Patriots, I never would have gotten it correct. Yeah. <laughs> because I, I would have guessed the Raiders three times in a row. Yeah. Oh, my That's, goodness. Uh-oh. Oh, no. So, look. Okay. Are you online? Um, don't, don't be online. Don't get online. I'm not going to get online. I'm not going to talk about anything that Pat McAfee might be tweeting about. It's pronounced so, McAfee and McAfee. Oh no. Dang it. Every time. Sorry, Pat. I'm sure he's not. Listen. He's not listening. Well, he might be this week. Yeah, yeah, he might be this week just to try to figure it out. And that. So, you know what? I'm just going to move right along. But so we were at 11 and three. It's a weird day, man. It's a weird day. This is just, today has strong, just don't get fired energy. Like, just don't become the main character. And this should be a pretty easy day to not become the main character. I certainly think so. And so, you know, how can I not make this about me? But the, so anyway, the, the, the Chiefs, they're 11 and three, seven time division chip. They wrapped up the division with three games to go. That's crazy. Unreal. And yet, we're unhappy. And I get why, right? Like, But none of the things are reasons that we didn't know. We knew the pass rush is inconsistent. There are times, like you look at the Chargers game, the pass rush looked real good. And near the end of the game against the Texans, suddenly, Carlos Dunlap's doing some stuff. Karloftis is doing some stuff. You know what I mean? Jones has a couple wins. Everyone's kind of doing some stuff. But it's not consistent. The pass protection... When it's there, like, I, I don't know. When when Orlando Brown and Andrew Wiley have a good game, the Chiefs pass protection looks great. That just hasn't been consistent. Mm -hmm. And so it's really nothing new that we've learned. And I think that's where it becomes kind of almost frustrating after games like that down the stretch in December, where you're like, what's new? Nothing, really. This is who they are. A really good team with some definite flaws that happens to have, like you said, three super duper stars and some very good players. And then, you know what I mean? Like, cause Juju yeah. Smith-Schuster, I wouldn't call out. He's not a Jag, you know? No, 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 no. Good player. LeJerry Sneed, good player. Willie Gay Jr., good player who just gets randomly pulled. Darius Harris, better player. <laughs> I will not become the main character on yeah, today of all days. You're, you're safe. I, I don't like, and, and you know what? You, I will tell you one thing that I learned. How's this? People have been concerned about accountability on the Chiefs. Isaiah Pacheco got flat out benched for a couple series. Yeah. Andy Reid said, dude, stop fumbling my football. And to his credit, he bounced back. Now, does that accountability go everywhere on the team? Because some guys make bad plays and they stay on the field. So I I just don't know if I learned anything new. They're a frustrating team if what you're hoping for is a dominant team. Mm -hmm. 
Mm-hmm. But man, they're really good. Like no one, except maybe the Bengals and even the Bengals, no one wants to see the Chiefs in the playoffs. You know what I mean? Like yeah. everyone's like, man, I hope that, you know, the Bengals really do have their number and they face them first before us. You know, the Bills beat them this year. And let me tell you, the Bills don't want to play the Chiefs in the playoffs. It's just not quite what you're, it's it's never quite what you're hoping for. That's right. Does that make sense? Like consistently? Yeah. Do you like Formula One, but struggle to keep up with everything that's going on? Then we have the podcast for you. Introducing the Race F1 Briefing, the podcast that brings you the latest F1 headlines in 15 minutes or less. With new episodes dropping on all four days of every race event, you'll never miss out on hearing what went down in practice, qualifying, or the Grand Prix itself. And we'll also bring you all the behind the scenes news and gossip from the F1 paddock as well. If that sounds like the F1 podcast for you, search The Race F1 Briefing in your podcast app of choice. We'd love to have you join us. This also is sort of a spinoff back to the, you know, I'm not saying that it's three superstars and a bunch of like, even like guys you are looking to replace or whatever. But as I've been kind of reassessing where this team is at right now a little bit over these last couple of weeks, and I think it's all multifaceted, that there are are execution issues, there are coaching issues, decision issues, whatever. Everybody's got a little bit of the blame pie over the last couple of weeks, except for probably Jerick McKinnon, um, who apparently (laughs) might might be perfect. I don't know. But where I have kind of ended up, and and tell me if there's any disagreement across the the roster positions here, but I've, I've started asking... What? How many positions on the Chiefs roster would you say are like a NFL top five? Maybe a quarterback is kind of a cheat because only one guy, but like they have the guy, obviously, right? So we're going to kind of non-quarterback rosters. I think their tight end group is top five because they have maybe the greatest to ever do it. And then if you want to count Blake Bell injured right now, three really good tight ends in the depth chart. That group is great. Oh, yeah. If, if Noah Gray's your backup tight end, you're doing real well. If Jody Fortson's your backup yes. tight end, you're doing real well. I mean, those are, yeah, so, great, so, great tight end group. So tight end group is great. Is there another one? Man, anytime I got to start Googling Chief's depth chart. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's, sorry, I, don't, I didn't mean to just like spring it on you. No, but, no, no. I, and so in theory, their offensive line is is good. It's above average. Correct. But it's more inconsistent because, and Andrew Wiley was always going to be inconsistent. He is a approximately average, maybe a little below average right tackle, Mm -hmm. which means. As a starter, you would say probably, right? Like. Say again? As a starter or not in the entire depth of the NFL. Yeah, yeah. if he's he's your swing tackle backup, no. thrilled. Sure. That's awesome. Yep. Um, Orlando Brown Jr. though hasn't been as good as he was last year. And he's been more inconsistent. And that that's the big thing. He's had a few games where he's been real good. Yeah. Then he's had some games where he's really struggled. And that'll, that's been more the case than last year. So the O-line is good. But I don't know if it's a top five unit like it was supposed to be. Right. And, and it's a slightly different game to also add in like value. But it's frankly, and this is another thing I'm trying to like adjust my angles on to make sure that everything is reasonable and fair. Their offensive line doesn't stink, but it's not as good as they expected it to be for what they invested in it. Right. Although now that they're running the ball under center a little more, 
you can see a different universe. Oh yeah. In which this offensive line is like talked about. Sure. Now, are they ever going to play that way? No. No. And it was, should it, they probably We not. we knew it was a weird construction for this team, you know? Like yeah. we knew that at the time. Yeah. And and Reed is starting to adjust a little bit. I wrote about this. Like you see them they're running the ball a little more under center and also as a result they're running a little more play action, traditional stuff from under center, and when they do it, Man, like if I'm if I'm defensive coordinators thinking ahead towards the playoffs, I'm like, man, we cannot give them a bye week to right. really dig into this because they're doing some stuff that's pretty cool, like in terms of of just adjusting to who they have, because read over the course of a season will do that. But again, it's I think it's probably a top 10. Offensive line. So that's something. Yeah. And you know the, the the interior line might be it's it's top it's top 2 in the NFL. I'm thinking. Um Trey Smith has been not quite as consistent this year as he was mm-hmm. last year. Mm-hmm. So you get like a team like the Eagles, the you know, there, there's some really really good interior lines. Although there's strengths on the edge too. But anyway, I'm trying to think so the wide receiver group, this is where the conversation gets interesting, okay? For like for me, cuz Juju Smith-Schuster is a good player. Marquez Valdez-Scantling is a very useful player. Like some of the downfield shots that that they hit with him against the mm-hmm. Bengals mm-hmm. kept him in that game and punished them for playing a certain way. He's a useful player. Sky Moore's a useful player, but they rarely use him. Kadarius Tony's a really useful player, but he's hurt. And apparently you just dial up third down shots to Justin Watson when you want something. So what do you like that receipt wide receiver group? Where do you put that in the NFL? I'm, I'm flipping this back to you because you gave me a really hard question. I did because I look at that group and I don't hate it. Where I don't know. I don't hate it either, but I, that's so what you just said there is sort of fast forwarding to the end of the day. We don't have to go through the entire exercise or we can, depending on how you're feeling about it. I want to go through your story some too. So uh, here's, here's kind of the, the, the fast forwarding to the end there. I think the wide receiver group is fine. I I think Juju is probably I'm I'm right now this is not the most scientific way to do it but I'm looking at like NFL leaders in in receiving yards and receptions and stuff right now just to see some names. And I'm guessing most people would probably have Juju around the 20th receiver in football. 15 maybe if you're really into I think he's a really excellent player who has a great role in this offense. I think this offense can can totally work with him as it's number one receiver slash number two pass catcher opposite Kelsey. That changes the math some though. If if you took this receiving group and put it on the, oh, I don't know, every team's kind of average and so therefore nobody is. It's like the Incredibles. But if, if you just put this whole group on the Raiders, I don't think we would think about them more than the twice a year they came to Kansas City or that Kansas City went to Vegas. And I don't think we would talk about them with any real fear. I think they're scarier as a unit just having Devontae Adams. And, you know, obviously Adams and Renfro are in duo. And I don't know how much Renfro's even how healthy he's been all year. But I, I think the wide receiver group is maybe a little above average for the league, but probably around there. MVS disappears for stretches of time. Mm-hmm. And having Hardman back might might make me more confident and a little above average. But they're not the Vikings or Dolphins or Bills or Raiders yep. or... Yep. Cowboys They're or not Seahawks that... or Steelers or, you know, like, <laughs> I'm just, I'm not doing that to like yeah. pile on. I'm just looking no, at no, receivers no. who I'd rather the Eagles because AJ Brown is there. So it, 
the, the Bengals. Did I say them already? Washington. Um, yeah. That, that's just a, to the They're not the a group, group that definitely scares you. They yeah. are a group, especially with Hardman healthy, where you've got a lot, you've got some useful players that can do a number of things for Andy Reid's system. Yes. And, and, and guys who are good enough for Patrick Mahomes to win a Super Bowl with. This isn't really 100%. about, this isn't really about can the Chiefs win a Super Bowl? I, I was on Sunday Sound Off last night and that was the first question. Is this team too flawed to win a Super Bowl? I said, absolutely not. Every team is flawed and the Chiefs are, the, the, the Chiefs are as well situated as anybody. Maybe not yep. the Eagles, I guess, because they got the, the rookie contract for the quarterback and all the rest of the roster. That roster's good. Yep. And but, their, their roster's excellent. Um, and really, where 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 it starts to fall apart isn't the offense because the offense is probably the best in the league. It it but 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 how but how much of that is the quarterback? And, and so oh, sure. so I'll, let me let me reset briefly because I don't want to end up sounding like a hater who's also lost the plot. This isn't really about the Kansas City Chiefs in 2022. It is about the state of the roster and the talent that's here. And when you talk about execution issues from players or just being able to put teams away, or where the team falls short. I'm generally pretty pro-Brett Veach. The Clyde pick, you know, and the linebackers in the second round and back-to-back years are not the places I would put the positional value. But generally speaking, I think he does a pretty good job. But I I think you have to at least include that whenever you're talking about the places where the Chiefs have been kind of underwhelming this year. Because I just think that it's a it's a pretty average roster Little wiggle up or down, I don't really care. But a pretty average roster with the best quarterback currently living, and the best interior uh, defensive lineman currently. He's been better than Aaron Donald this year, <laughs> this yep. season, and the best living tight end. Correct. Yes, all, that's, maybe the so best tight end I, of all time. That's where I end up. And can you win a Super Bowl with those three? Absolutely. But mm-hmm. I'm I'm kind of taking a little bit of a of a look in the rear view at how the Chiefs got here, and if we're saying, man, how is this defense not better? They've invested a ton in that defense and draft picks. Um, mm-hmm. and, and they, and look, the Frank Clark cost is still an issue and it was at the time, but I, I just, I, I think we end up talking about coaching a ton and firing coordinators a ton, the Royal we, um, and I don't think very often we'd zoom out enough to say, Hey, if Patrick Mahomes isn't this team's quarterback, if you randomized quarterbacks in a, in a fantasy draft, where would the chiefs be if they just got league average there? And and Veach should get his credit for being the guy that's pounding the table for Mahomes and all of those things. But I mm-hmm. but I do think that it's a pretty it's a pretty it's a pretty average roster outside of the the three superstars. I well, think teams don't have that, three superstars also. So you know right. Well, yeah, and, and you know you arguably build your roster around those superstars, but it's not like you intentionally avoid other stars, right? And that's and that's where you know looking around, especially when you get to the defensive side of the ball. Um, because I, I think the offense you plug, you know, let's say you plug Alex Smith back into that offense. Mm-hmm. I think that offense does a lot of damage. Um, yeah, they win like 11 games. Yeah, I, I think they're still, I think that with Andy Reid coaching it is still a top 10 offense with Alex Smith, partly because I think Isaiah Pacheco would probably rush for 1400 yards. Mm-hmm. I, I really do. Um, now that's not to say Andy's holding the team back. The thing, the way they're choosing to do it with Mahomes is better but it's an option because you have Mahomes. The defense, I think, and I, I could be wrong here, is where you're seeing, you know, you've got a lot of rookies playing a lot of snaps. Yep. And in addition to that, you've got a lot of guys playing snaps who, I mean, I just, you know, Frank Clark hasn't been bad this year. 
but he hasn't been, you know, it's been fine. It's fine, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, what, you you want to know something that's a condemnation onto the defensive roster this year, the defensive line in particular, is that Chris Jones, a defensive tackle, is playing 81% of the snaps. Yeah. That's how you know there's a problem because that dude should not be playing that many snaps. That is, and that's one thing I'm hoping, like, maybe they, me, you know, Brandon Williams in, you know, he's a basically a pure nose tackle, but maybe you can at least plug him in because he's created a few times a little pressure just by being a lot stronger than the dude in front of him, right? Mm-hmm. And that's something that you'd hope to see from your nose tackle occasionally, but you don't really see that from, from Derek Nottie. Yeah. Um, but I mean, like, as I look at the, the percentage of snaps taken on the defensive side of the ball, there's not a lot of needle movers there, at least in this point in their careers. Yeah. Needle movers is probably a good metric also. Yeah. Cause maybe like you can the, count Juju in that, but I don't think you can count MVS in that. Yeah. Yeah, like you can, you've got a lot of guys who you're happy to have surrounding stars. Yep. If if MVS is your third best wide receiver, that's a you're in a good position. If he's your second best wide receiver, ugh, you know what I mean. Like, and when I say third best, I mean like solidly, as in game in and game out. And that's with the assumption that you've got like a Travis Kelsey at tight end. So really, if he's your fourth best receiver, you're in really good shape. There you go. Um, and that, again, it's not a shot at MVS. That's just the state of the NFL right now. That's just how it works. But like on defense, you've got guys like, you know, like Jalen Watson. He's been fine. George Karloftis. He's been fine. Josh Williams. He's been fine. But they're not needle movers. You know, like the term that I'm always using with pass rushers is guys, right? Mm-hmm. You need a certain number of guys. And they don't have a lot of that on defense especially you don't need as much of it on offense like i get their approach on offense this year after moving on from hill i genuinely do the 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 committee approach kind of thing on receiver they're slow playing sky more i swear he looks like he can do more than what they're asking him to do but whatever right and also hey real quick last year's wide receiver group not top five. Oh yeah had tyree kill was not a top five unit you know what i mean like in terms of that game that i'm playing anyway go on yep Yep. And so I just, uh, I, I think that that's something that we're seeing about the roster. And then the question becomes, is that how it's going to be permanently? Or is this year, and I, I kind of go along with this, this year is a rebuild year. It's a soft rebuild. And they just happen to be, because they have Patrick Mahomes, Travis Kelsey, Chris Jones, and Andy Reid. And they've surrounded them with some some good filler in parts. Even in a reset year, I'm not going to say rebuild, right? Because if it was a complete rebuild, you know, they could have traded Chris Jones for the the farm. They could have traded Travis right. Kelsey for the farm. You know right. what they're I mean? Not, like, they're not going to do that until this offseason. Oh, man. I, I, I will not handle it well if they trade Chris Jones. I've picked up on that. Yeah. I won't handle it well. Well, because all you needed to see was what the pass rush looked like on a day where he wasn't just himself. Yes. You know what I when mean? he was they on the sideline him. drinking Sam Pellegrino out of a glass bottle. <laughs> yeah. If you caught that, but it was, I don't think I've ever seen a glass bottle on the sideline. And presumably that's yeah. what it was. No, he was not feeling well. No. And you could tell. It, it just, but I, they really, like this next year, 
the salary cap is supposed to start to clear up for them. And I think they've got some decisions to make with Orlando Brown. And I think, I think, I think the consensus on that has become a lot more clear as of late. Yeah. We'll see what they decide to do. But the, the salary cap stuff is supposed to, they really, you know, last year was kind of their last shot, right? With that core. They had the uh, the run it back year, and then they had let's try it one more time with a pretty similar core. Then they kind of blew it up, mm-hmm. not completely, right? You know the 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 foundation of Mahomes Kelsey is still there on offense, but I mean trading Hill is a monumental move. Letting Tyron Matthew walk, Traverius Ward walk. I mean they, it's a very different looking defense this year. So I guess my thought is they are a a little above league average roster without Mahomes in a retooling, resetting year. And because Mahomes is who he is, they just so happen to be a Super Bowl contender too. I, I did we arrive at a decent place there? I think so. I just I I get a little bit tired of some of the like just this is all Spags's fault kind of thing. And this is my oh, yeah. very long road to that to that retort of just like, hey, I I don't love that it seems like they've really bought into the Spags archetype at, t- at defensive end, right? Maybe you can spread out that blame if you want some between the coordinating side and what that means for personnel or all that. I, I don't, you know, maybe Brett Veach's hands are tied and Andy Reid's pulling every single string and making every single free agency signing. I, we really don't know all of the details of that. But ultimately, that I think is the hard truth of this season, which also makes sense with all of those rookies, with all of the young guys that are getting work, they should be better than they are right now in two years because that's, you know, typically the, just the arc of developing in the NFL. This might be an above average roster or a, a roster that has some top five position groups or is a top five roster, whatever. It might be that in two or three years or, you know, mm-hmm. a year or two from now, but in year two or three of the soft reload or whatever. Um, but but right now, I just don't think that it is. And I think the reason that this is absolutely still a Super Bowl team is because most of those guys are about average on the NFL scale and their quarterback and tight end and one defensive player are way above that. And that that'll get you there. It just might be the the thing that makes some of those games a little more stressful because Mahomes can't also literally play safety or whatever. Right. And that's like the one thing where he can't do it all. And on offense at times when he's playing like that, he kind of can. Um, he really can do it all. But on defense, he can't. And that's where they need a defense that's just good enough to pick up the rare slack. You know, if they turn the ball over, force a field goal. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, and that's where it feels like the defense is falling a little short this year at times. Um, Now, to be fair, early in the season, we were talking about the defense kind of picking up for the offense when it did lag a little bit. So. It's just they're not getting better the way we normally expect from a spag mm. defense. So then it makes you wonder: is that is that a talent thing? Is that you know is that a rookie thing? Is that a pure talent thing? You know, and that's the thing that I'm not really sure about. It just seems like there's a ceiling on this team from a roster build perspective, and you end up like you said with guys blaming maybe like you know coaches it's kind of like you know one of those things where it's like oh well you know it's well dang spags it's like well i mean they're calling a healthy mix of man and zone they're not overselling out on the blitz like against the texans they weren't now part of me is kind of like 
you know, I'm, I, I get not selling out on the blitz against Joe Burrow because it doesn't really work. Or Josh Allen because it doesn't really work. And so then mm-hmm. you just kind of, you know, see how it goes. Why would you not sell out on the blitz against Mills and whoever that other dude was? That was a little weird to me. Yeah, I don't know. But and that's the game plan for the Texans. Is that different than what it would have been if that game would have been against a better team that was still quarterback by Davis Mills and Jeff Driscoll? I don't. I don't know. And and maybe this ends up being the most frustrating episode of Time Zars ever because we're explicitly not talking about the thing that um, continues to bubble up over uh, Twitter.com slash the Chiefs section. I don't think that URL will get you anywhere. This is probably the most distracted we've ever been. There's a chance that that's true. And there's an even better chance that we still, after saying at the beginning of the show, that we learn anything about the Chiefs. We're just kind of having this conversation about how this team that is clinch their division before Christmas for the seventh consecutive time clinching the division. We're talking about how they're flawed and it's just kind of bleh. It just doesn't make you feel that good to watch it, but you shouldn't be like bummed about it either. The way that a loss will, you know, kind of stick to you for a couple of days. If you're really living mm-hmm. and dying with every play mm-hmm. wins, you know, give you a little bit of bounce in your step. And this one just, this felt, these last two weeks have felt like ties. It kind of feels like the chiefs have tied twice. They have it. They want them both. But that's what that's how I kind of feel, which I think has led us to one of these like sort of navel gazing, circling the drain, just kind of looking at the roster and being kind of bleh. Looking at the coaching staff and going, I don't know, it's not my favorite performance from this cast of characters. Looking at the GM and saying, you could have been better. Like it just kind of feels like pretty much everybody has just kind of put it feels like a B minus season and they they're they clinch the division by by Christmas. And yeah, they and that's the funny thing is maybe that reflects the new current reality of cheering for and analyzing the Chiefs, this is what it's like when you expect constant winning. Yeah. I, you know, after the game, I, I tweeted out something about winning seven times, seven consecutive division titles in a row. And someone was just like, you know, I feel like you're a fanboy kind of thing. And and I was just like, you know, I write about a lot more positive things than negative things because they're really good. And right. we talked about this recently. I think that was after the Denver game, actually. Yeah. We, they're, they're really good, and they almost always win. And so we expect them. I mean, it, it wasn't that long ago. Like, now that we know everything we know about the 49ers, the Chiefs flipping housed them, man. Yeah, absolutely. Yes. Like, they, they scored like, 44 points against what I think you could reasonably argue is the best defense in football. Yeah, and I think Armstead was out, I want to say. Um, but they still had a Bosa and they, I mean, they, they turned. Nick I love Bosa it. I love that out. you said a Bosa again. That's my favorite thing. And you're yeah, right. Yes. They, they put him in a spin cycle. They ran right at him. It was, it was a great performance from everybody. Right. You know, and then you see like, you know, oh, well they only beat the, you know, the, the Rams 26 to 10. Well, after what we just saw happening against the Texans, man, I'd take a 16 point win. What it covered. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and a- so I just, I think since then, well, and now knowing what we know about Jacksonville, that was a quality win. Yeah. Because it really wasn't that close. It's just people didn't realize it at the time. And yep. so it just kind of is what it is. You're still talking about a team that in the, the last how many weeks? They haven't, they've, they've lost one game since October 16th. This is the new reality when right. you are expected to be an elite team. Wins begin to feel not quite as satisfying. Yeah. And that just, we're at where we're at. And my my hope is, I think this is a Chiefs team that 100% can win the Super Bowl. Should be one of about four teams that are favored to do it. Yep, absolutely. And that is in a year where they are absolutely 
100% resetting a little bit. That's a big deal. Here's the, my only addition to that, and it will take us into the story up on the Chief in the North newsletter right now, mnchiefsfan.substack.com, and then we'll, we'll wrap up shortly. But I want to get at least a couple of those real quick if you've, if you've got the time to spare, um, yeah. if you don't have anywhere to be, you know, for any particular reasons. Um, I, I think the one thing that, it, that I would add to that, having taken a whole lot of calls on postgame yesterday, is I think that it is a combination of that, of your standards. Winning doesn't feel as good. You, you are expecting wins, and you're expecting big wins against terrible teams and all of those things. I think that's all absolutely true. The one other element of it is that I don't necessarily even think people are like walking around furrowed brow because they didn't beat the Texans by enough. I think they're walking around concerned because they're wondering if that's going to be the type of performance that ends their season two or three weeks before they expect it to in the playoffs. And that I get because so much of this is about playoff, Super Bowl, championship. And for once for the Chiefs in this era now, that is a realistic thing. It's not, it's not, you know, coach speak and owner speak to feed to a fan base. We're trying to contend every year. and We want to win this division or whatever. This is really the goal and it, they are one of the favorites to do it. So when you put up an uninspiring performance against a crummy team, I think people start hitting the sim season button and wondering if that's going to pop up in January. Maybe it will yep. and maybe it won't, but that's why you need a little handy dandy notebook uh, Blues Clues style, which you can get at mnchiefsfan.substack.com because you did this work for us, Seth. You took a bunch of things that people seem to be concerned about surrounding this version of the Chiefs' flaws in the uh, in the, the, the buildup. If it's offense, defense, special teams, coaching, roster, and uh, performance, all angles, you've got a whole bunch of uh, of potential flaws here that you've ranked your concern level with, which I love because I love a good one, the 10 ranking. I kind of want to get something that you're not concerned about, something that you are concerned about, and then maybe maybe one that maybe you feel like you're being a bit contrarian contrarian on. That might all, you know, share some of the same answers, but we're not going to get to all of them here in the rest of this show because there are uh, nine of them. Couldn't come up with a 10th one. Nice round number. Whatever. I initially was going to have like 11, but then I don't know. I got tired. I, I get it. I have at least a dozen things I'm concerned about, but I don't want to talk about most of them anymore. Uh, because they've been a lot of the same things. So let's <laughs> let's at least talk about the one. Can I spoil the one you gave a 10 to, a 10 out of 10? Yeah, yeah, 100%. Yeah, you do whatever. Just for what it's worth for people that are looking for more positive content, I'm currently in the process of writing the best arguments for why Patrick Mahomes is the NFL MVP. And right two, now I'm there are on two argument wolves five inside and I haven't even like gotten warmed up. Yeah, you're just you're just right now just loosening up. You you just you, I think the deep shot's coming. I don't know what it's going to be, but I'm guessing it's in the next paragraph or two. You're really going to take one of those haymaker shots. Yes. <laughs> so this is this is the point that I also I I felt great about this because I think this is the thing that I'm also the most concerned about. The lack of specifically consistent pass rush for the Chiefs. Why is this the thing that you are ten out of ten worried about? Um. If you look at the quarterbacks who are expected to make the AFC playoffs, it's a gauntlet, man. Yeah. You probably, if you're the Chiefs, you probably got to beat Burrow and Allen on your way to the playoffs or on your way to the Super Bowl. And they're both really good quarterbacks who, you know, Burrow is more bothered by pressure than Allen is. And one of the reasons the Chiefs have struggled against the Bengals is they don't get consistent pressure against the Bengals the way they should. And that just is what it is. And so you have to, it's the lack of consistency that gets to me. 
And yep. generally speaking, yep. in the playoffs, it's all about the quarterbacks. How well does yours play? Are you protecting him? Are you getting after the other one? That's what it comes down to a ton of the time. And that's one of those things that Mahomes can't compensate for, right? Other than, you know, winning a shootout. And that that's why that's my biggest one because it's been inconsistent. And that's the number one thing. When you look at Super Bowl winning teams, generally speaking, you see multiple times where their pass rush was a huge reason why. Um, so like, even like, say like, you know, the Bengals and Rams last year, the two Super Bowl winning teams, they managed to get pressure on Mahomes in the AFC championship. They managed to get pressure in multiple other games. They played the Rams obviously got a ton of pressure in a lot of the games. You know, when the chiefs did win the Super Bowl, um, Jones and company were huge against the Titans and they were huge against the Niners down the stretch to that made that comeback possible, right? The reason it wasn't 30 to 10 was because they were getting some pressure on Garoppolo. They were doing some good things on defense. So that's the biggest reason. That, that's the reason that's the, the 10 out of 10 for me. Is, and, and it's also a 10 out of 10. And I didn't do a great job clarifying this because it's not one that I see an obvious fix for. Yeah. And that's like the pass protection. I can see, I can see Orlando Brown Jr. going on a hot streak and playing yeah. really, really well in December, January, and February. And then the Chiefs, you know, and then people be like, no, you, you can't pay him based then on that. Then they figure it out. Yeah, they, they, yeah, then we'll get there when we get there. But I mean, I could see him because he's strung together six great games in a row before. He could do that. Um, I can see Andrew Wiley stringing together six solid games in a row. He's done that easily. I So like the pass protection thing, that's a huge concern. But I see a solution and they have it in-house currently. Now, does that mean I do the long-term extension thing? No, but that, that I'm just saying, I see a solution there. Whereas with the pass rush, Karloftis is a useful player, a player I like. I'm really glad they drafted him, even with a first rounder, because he's a decent player as a rookie along the line. That's hard to do, but he's not winning a ton one-on-one. Frank Clark's not winning a ton one-on-one. Carlos Dunlop's not winning a ton one-on-one. It's not consistent. I don't see an answer in-house. And that that's the reason it scares me because it feels like the most likely one to derail them. I agree with, uh, God, this is uncomfortable. I agree with everything you just said, Seth. I think you made some great points and we're on the same page, which is probably worse for you to hear than it is for me to say. Um, but yeah, I'm a little bit. with you. So so give me give me one thing, then we'll, we'll, we'll wrap up here. Give me one thing that you are not as concerned about that you think generally some people are, are maybe overreacting to a little bit that, that you think is, is going to get figured out or isn't that big of a deal in general? I'll give you two. One that I'm concerned about, but I think will get worked out is the tackling and physicality on defense. I know that's been a problem for people, but that's only really crept up in the last three or four weeks. Before that, we saw a lot better with that. I think that'll get tightened up because I do see the personnel in-house to fix that stuff. They've got some physical guys. They've got some guys that can move, that can play physical. I think that's going to be fine. So the other one, the, the one that people are freaking out about a little more is like offensive play calling and not sticking with the run enough or the style of run. It's something that I complain about on game day, but in reality, it probably affects maybe a half dozen snaps a game because the chiefs should be passing the ball way more than they run. And they are starting to over the course of the last few weeks run. Like we talked about this earlier, run the ball a little more under center. Um, let Pacheco cook a little bit because Pacheco behind this line, you can kind of see like, you know, we, we talk a lot about, you know, the running backs don't really move the needle that much, but you can see certain things 
do move the needle. And I know what your point would be is, yes, with a seventh round draft pick, which is why you don't utilize that high end, which I agree with. So we don't need to go down that road. Mm -hmm. But you can see the difference between Isaiah Pacheco running behind this line and like Clyde or Daryl Williams or even um, Jarek McKinnon, who's done a lot of good things. But in terms of a pure runner, you can see the difference with Pacheco with a really physical line now that his vision's kind of improved. You can see the difference that makes. And I think they can too. And that's why after getting benched for just a drive or two, they got him back on the field, right? This isn't like a, no, you're done, kid. It's like, no, 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 we need you. Yeah. So I always, you even mentioned kind of like him getting benched earlier. And I, 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 my view on that is like a, hey, come over here, sit down for a second, get right, keep your eyes up on those, take a couple series off. Like I, I, a lot of people were, were really, oh yeah, they're, it set his ass on the bench. And I, I'm, that was never the tone that I got. Cause that's never been the tone that I've gotten from the chiefs. When, when players make mistakes like that. Right. That's and a, they, that's a they, tangent, but yeah, that nope. That's a really good point. That's not, I, I guarantee you. Yeah. They sat him for a bit and I guarantee you there's Andy said something to him that was uplifting. Yeah. Like, hey, right. And, and so did, and did. Yep. Reed talked about it. McKinnon talked about it. Mahomes talked about it all at the podium after the game. They, cause they've all been there also. Like, yep. I, this is, this is a big tangent. I think there is generally an overemphasis placed on the hard assery of of NFL coaches, but that is a longer conversation when you're not already late to get home because we started 45 minutes late for reasons. Yeah, no, no, it's fine. I, I do. I, I appreciate you went on that tangent. So, but this is why I'm not overly concerned with this part because they are running the ball a little more and I don't want them to run it a lot more, mm-hmm. right? This is situational punish teams because when they're running it, they're running for six or seven yards a pop. And that's not because they're running for 24 yards and then one yard, one yard, zero yards, right? Mm-hmm. They're running like six yards, eight yards, three yards, eight yards, six yards. You know what I'm like with Pacheco, especially. Yeah. They've also really figured out McKinnon's usage as, as a, as a, as a change up guy. I mean, it, that stuff I'm not as worried about. And the main reason is because Reed has figured it out at least from what I can tell, in terms of running the ball straight ahead with with Mahomes under center because Mahomes has become a good play-action quarterback, it's because of the way defensive have to play them, it's like you're stealing money. This is not, this is not you know, some you know, daily grind right. trying to figure out how to run the ball with the Chiefs. This is armed robbery. This right. is not, they're not expecting it. Right. And so I'm not worried about whether or not they will figure that out because I think they already have. And I think that's one worry the fan base has that I'm not too stressed about. I, I'm I'm with you on all of that. I think that's that's good insight. And I also think uh, that our, our time is up here today. So uh, I will I will say this. Nate will be back. Uh, he's just still in Houston at the moment. So Nate will be back, presumably third. Well, I don't know. We got this is the holidays coming around. That's a, I don't know, big a, a schedule for us to figure out. We'll, we'll figure it out. Nate will be back very, very soon. In the meantime, if you want to give the gift of great journalism and insight, uh, theathletic.com slash timesars will take you to the best deal uh, at The Athletic. You can sign up as a uh, as an introductory offer here. $2 a month. That's a, a great deal there. And then also over on the Chief of the North newsletter, 12 bucks for a year. You want to talk about stealing money. Uh, those are two ways that you can get incredible deals uh, for great insight on all things, most things Kansas City Chiefs. With that being said, no Nate here today, Seth. So why don't you go ahead and uh, pull the trigger for us? I would just tell everyone everywhere just before you do that thing that you might do just take a minute and ask yourself whatever it is with with your friends and you're thinking about getting a little wilder than you should you're about to say something on twitter online that might get you in trouble 
you're about to do something crazy, just stop and ask yourself, what would set guys in this moment? Do that and it's gonna be okay.